The rest of you, I hope your Bible's open to 2 Peter, because we're going to go through this phrase by phrase. How many of you realize or noticed that we've read the same passage of Scripture for the New Testament reading three Sundays in a row? Raise your hand if you notice that. See, I thought that was probably the case. I mean, most people forget. If you're like me, you forget from one Sunday to the next what we, what we talk about. We're going through 2 Peter under the title, Escaping Corruption That is in the World by Evil Desires. And we escape that through the faith that we receive from God and the divine nature in our souls. We become like God because we are born of God through faith in Christ. Today's message is confirming our calling. Confirming our calling. Let's review quickly. Verses 1 to 4 of 2 Peter 1 talk about a faith as precious as ours, Peter is talking, received by Christ's righteousness in answer to God's call. So God has called us by His grace, glory, and goodness, and we receive faith to answer that call, to believe in Jesus, to receive the divine nature in our souls. Verses 5, and five to 9, we talked about last week, supplementing that saving faith with seven qualities. Do you remember what they are? All right, we're going to review those. Are they here? Can you say them with me? Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Now, this is from the ESV. So I think the NIV says perseverance. It says mutual affection. But basically, these are the seven. Test. Let's go through them again. Everybody say it together. Because this is what you're supposed to remember. I don't want you to forget. And you're not going to have the list in front of you over this week. So here, let's say it again. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Faith makes it eight, by, by the way. We're building on saving faith. Peter is writing to believers in Jesus, the household of faith, those who have received faith to believe in Jesus, though they have not seen him. I hope that's you this morning. But if it isn't, all you do is open your heart to the son of his love. All you do is realize that the payment of sin on the cross was for you and not just for everyone else. You can receive that faith from Him and have His nature in your soul. Verses 10 to 15, Peter is an old man facing imminent death, writing to those who have heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, calling them out of darkness and into Christ's own glory and goodness. That's verse 3. It's in knowing Jesus, knowing Jesus. Verse 2, verse 3, verse 8, he repeats it over and over through your knowledge of him that causes us to hear his call and obey, escaping corruption and being like him. In 1976, July 3rd to be exact, Operation Thunderbolt rescued 102 Israeli hostages from Entebbe, Uganda. Those of you who are my age will remember 
Raid on Entebbe. Great, couple of great movies made about that. Uh, it's an amazing thing. They flew these old propeller planes all the way from North Africa, landed on the airstrip of Entebbe in the middle of the night, surrounded 100 commandos, among them uh, Jonathan Netanyahu, who, is, who was the brother of the present prime minister of Israel, who was killed in this operation, one of the very few commandos who died. And uh, as they came into that terminal, the people woke up. There were the hostages. There were the terrorists who were holding them hostage. They had released all but the Israelis. And in the movie version, now I tried to do some research to see if this is actually what they did, but in the movie version, it's just beautiful how they yell out in Hebrew, if you understand us, lie on the floor. And those who understood went down, and those who didn't stayed standing up, and they were the ones who died. Now, the reason I tell that story is because this is about God's call. God's call to salvation, and then God's call to a higher life, a holy life, a righteous life, a faithful, persevering life to love. And I hope every single one of you has that antenna up to the Holy Spirit's call and our understanding, our hearing, and will say, I will obey, I will follow, I will do something with what God is saying to me and not just appear in church on Sunday. That's the point. Let me read it one more time, verses 10 through 15, and this is from the English Standard Version. So it's a good time to compare some of the translation differences between perhaps your version and this one. Therefore, brothers and sisters, I believe me uh, means both, all of us, be all the more diligent, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. In this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things, these things. What things? Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, affection, and love. Practice, remember, because that's the point. Let's go through it phrase by phrase, because I believe these words, these phrases, have power to transform us into God's very nature, the divine nature, as we believe and obey them, as we chew on them understand them and take them and make them part of our lives. Verse 10, therefore, brothers and sisters, therefore what? What is he looking at? Because fruit is born from faith in action. Remember he said, if these things are lacking or, or are increasing, they will make you fruitful and productive in your knowledge of Christ. What an amazing thought. It's possible to know Jesus and not bear fruit. Because you're sitting around in easy grace and not doing what he said. That's possible in my life. In fact, it's not possible. It happens all the time. Because God nudges me. God has told me to go and make disciples. And I'm more interested in spending my time and energy and money another way. 
Therefore, because that is true, because you're nearsighted and have forgotten that God has cleansed you from your sins, be all the more diligent or make every effort to confirm your calling and election by making a priority to build these seven qualities on uh, the foundation of your saving faith. There's an interesting verse in Revelation 17, 14 that should be a, a parallel to this. Listen to what it says. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those with Him are three things. Called, chosen, faithful. Called and chosen and faithful. See, the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. If God's chosen you to be his son or daughter, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And you can prove that by being faithful until the end. Because if you continue in obedience to the end, it proves that you are a son and daughter of the king. Diligence is the point. Perseverance. And you'll notice in that list of seven things, steadfastness or perseverance is right in the middle. It starts with faith, it ends with love, and steadfastness is the, is the, the hinge pin of the life of godliness. You keep on believing. You keep on being good. You keep on learning. You keep on loving. Because that's the way you confirm every step you're calling. Because... Uh, if you practice these qualities, says Peter, now we're still in verse 10, you will never fall. And I think he's referring here to being so nearsighted that we are blind and have forgotten that we've been cleansed from our former sins. If we don't practice them, if we slip back into our old ways, it's because we really don't believe that God has forgiven us. Don't you think that's what happened to the guy that the master forgave millions of debt, of dollars of debt, and then he went out and choked the man who owed him five dollars and said, you're going to prison until you pay. He forgot that God had forgiven, the king had forgiven him for all of his debt. If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Verse 11, for in this way, he says, in this way, in what way? Well, in the way of virtue, in the way of righteousness, faith working itself out in love. That's Galatians 5, verse 6. Paul says the only thing that matters is faith, expressing itself through love. There's that list again. Faith to love through perseverance. Isaiah 35, verse 8. A highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on the way. The unclean will not journey on it, Wicked fools will not go about on it. This is the way. That's the way that Peter's talking about. In this way, the way of giving being more blessed than receiving. The world's so anxious to get more than it pays. Make a profit at every turn. And I know business is all about that. But life is not about that. Life in Christ is about giving and giving and giving some more. That's true prosperity in the gospel. Because Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's the way of holiness. It's about not being afraid or anxious because you believe that the sovereign Lord holds you in his hand and nothing will touch you that is not part of his good plan. If you believe that more and more constantly and deeply, your anxiety cannot exist next to that faith. 
It's about telling the truth when you suffer for it. Oh, our country would change the, the moment we all decided to keep our word. What a different place Brazil would be. Walking in the way of holiness is about loving those who mistreat you, proclaiming the good news in season and out of season, making disciples of all the people groups as Christ commanded us. We go to all the world. See, Christ's righteousness gives us saving faith, verse 1. To those who have obtained that faith, we have His righteousness in us, and holiness becomes our desire. You're not holy because you do good things. You do good things because you're holy. Would you write that down? Can I say it again? You're not holy because you do good things. You're not saved by works. You do good things because God has made you like Him, has made you holy in the intimate parts of your life where you want to do what is right. If that's true about you, it proves your calling and election. Live it out. Continuing on, there will be richly provided for you, this is verse 11, an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In this way, there will be provided for you richly an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Picture the pageantry of the kingdom of heaven as the Lord's holy people and faithful servants arrive. Revelation tells us that their white garments are the good deeds that they did while they were on earth. Some will be dressed to the hilt. Others, I'm afraid, might just be in their t-shirts. Coming in to the kingdom of God. And Peter says, richly provided. I think that's the key word. The more we serve the Lord for His glory, out of His strength, in His righteousness. I'm not talking about being saved by works. The more richly our entrance, the more joyful will be our arrival. The more we'll long to be with Him because our treasure will be where He is. Remember Jesus' words in Luke 13, verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow door. That's Jesus. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets entering God's kingdom, but you yourselves cast out. By the way, we will recognize people in heaven. Sometimes people ask me, will we recognize each other in heaven? I think this verse proves it. If they'll recognize Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the prophets that they'd never seen, why wouldn't they recognize one another? We don't know how that means he'll wipe away all of our sadness and even the memory of former things, but that's the miracle of our new existence in him. Only those whose king is Jesus are in his kingdom. We are not saved by what we do. Some will be saved as though through fire. And Jesus says over and over and over, great is your reward in heaven. Make purses for yourselves that will not wear out. There will be provided for you richly an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Verse 12, therefore, why? So you don't fall away. If we do those things, we won't fall. They'll keep you from falling. They'll keep you fruitful. Therefore, I intend to always remind you of these qualities. What qualities? Say them. Add to your faith. Virtue. Knowledge. Self-control. 
steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. We need some practice. We're going to practice it before time. You're going to be sick of that list by the time this is done. I always remind you of these qualities, though you know them. See, we learn them, but we need to be reminded. We've got to remind ourselves. We need to remind each other and are established in the truth that you have. These are believers that Peter is challenging to not lose their first love and enthusiasm for the Lord, but grow in obedience to his word. Verses 13 and 14. I hope you're following along here, and I expect you to call me to account if I say something that's not in the text. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, the NIV says, as long as I live in the tent of this body, which I really like because that refers back to what Paul says about our bodies being a tabernacle. These are the temporary dwelling. A house not built with hands is waiting for us in heaven. And so Peter's saying, I'm traveling through this veil of tears, this desert of a world, and as long as I'm here, I'm going to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. Peter is reminding those who will outlast him of what is important. As I read that this week, I remembered the voice of Pastor Bill from this pulpit, teaching us and teaching us and teaching us, quoting the same memory verses over and over. I can still hear his voice. Pastor Nathaniel, same thing. Mary, teaching us, reminding us, calling us to holiness, holy living. And now that they're gone, we can still remember even their voices in that teaching. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. What is important? 1 Corinthians. Oh, I already said that one. Uh, you know, it's easy to think that our, our bodies and our beauty and our intelligence and our strength, our health, is the most important thing. I hear people say that all the time. Well, health is the most important thing. You hear them say that? No, it's not. It's important, but most important is the rich entry into heaven. Most important is remembering why we were saved. We were saved to be salt and light. We were saved to be a testimony of Jesus. We were saved to have His nature in us and walk in the way of holiness, in an increasing holiness. We're called to hold fast to what we've believed, to make every effort to keep adding new virtue, new knowledge, better self-control, longer steadfastness, deeper godliness, warmer affection for one another, and love that is completely undeserved for those that God sends us to love. Peter says, Jesus made clear to me how I will die. This is the end of verse 14. In John 21 that we've talked about, Peter is told basically he's going to be crucified. Somebody's going to take you where you don't want to go. In the end, you'll die like I died. Are you prepared to die? What would you talk about at lunch today if you knew you would die this week? How would your thoughts, your conversation, your priorities change if your going to heaven was imminent? Peter knew he was going to die and wanted to redeem the time. We're going to die too. Maybe soon. Maybe in a little while. Or maybe like my Uber driver this morning, it's not you that's close to dying. Maybe it's that person. And I just got a real sense that 
Here's a man who lives nearby my house in a favela that's very dangerous, lots of criminal activity, lots of drug trafficking. He grew up there, was in prison two or three times already, and he's driving Uber to, prepare, to, to provide for his three kids. And I was able to explain the gospel to him. And I had a sense of urgency, and he listened. And he, he took my gospel of John, and I said, you read it. Read John 3, 16 and 17. Read it. Do you understand it? Do you believe it? Can I pray with you? And he said, no, not yet. Vou melhorar. I said, oh, man. Don't melhorar. Entregar. You have to just give him all the pieces, and then he will walk this way of holiness with you. And he understood. He'd been in church and out of church. And so maybe the urgency of Peter is for you, or maybe it's for those that you're with. Verse 15. Peter repeats a phrase that we've heard before three, twice in this passage. I will make every effort, he's saying, to keep reminding them so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. What things? What things? Faith. Virtue. Knowledge. Self-control. Steadfastness. Godliness. Brotherly affection and love. Remind yourselves. Remind yourselves. Peter's saying, I want, I want you to remember these things. When I'm gone, I won't be here to teach you anymore. Praise God, they've got written down. And here we are talking about them 2,000 years later. Isn't that wonderful? God's grace for us. I think there are two ways for us to understand this. Remember. Don't forget. Jesus said, the word is like a seed that falls down into your heart, and the birds are like the demons who come and steal it away. By the time you walk out that door, you will have forgotten 90% of what I said to you. Remember. Do something to remember what Jesus is calling you to do. Remember. Make every effort to remember to do these things and all that the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. But then the second thing is, remind each other. So Peter says, make every effort twice in verse 10, and then at the end in verse 15. Make, I will make every effort to remind, to, to remind you to make every effort to add these things to your faith. So make every effort to do them, but then make every effort to remind you of them. And some of you have made real efforts to remind me of why I'm here and what I'm doing and to encourage I appreciate that so much. I think too often we walk individually before God. And we need to make every effort to remind each other and then beyond the family of God to remind the world that judgment is coming. This is not the end. God is, will judge our lives. C.H. Spurgeon said, Beloved, remember that you have heard what you have heard from our Lord Jesus what he has done for you. Make your heart the golden pot of manna to preserve the memorial of the heavenly bread upon which you have fed in days gone by. Let your memory treasure up everything about Christ which you have either felt or known or believed and then let your fond affections hold him close forevermore. That's a beautiful picture. In the ark of your heart is this pot 
where you can deposit the manna of God's word that he has given you. Memorize it, meditate on it, hold it in your heart, put it on your dashboard, in your bathroom, by your bed, so that when you look, you see everywhere. God told them to even write it on their foreheads, put it on their doorposts, so they didn't forget what he had said. Remember. Remember to do it, and remember to remind one another to do it. And these will keep you fruitful, effective, and Peter promises that you will not fall. You know something? Nobody plans to fall. Nobody thinks they will fall. We all think we're going to just be fine until we see Jesus. But if we don't make effort to remember, if we don't make effort to put these things into practice on the foundation of our faith, we can fall. I was in college with uh, the son of uh, Gordon McDonald, who was the head of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in the United States when he confessed adultery in public for all the world to hear. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, if I had given someone in my life permission to ask me hard questions, this would not have happened. Nobody in his life was close enough or had the permission to say, hey, what are you doing in your spare time? How is your thought life? Are you reading the word for devotional purposes every day? Are you spending time with the Lord in prayer? Does somebody have that permission in your life? Because that's what it means to make every effort to remind one another of virtue and knowledge and steadfastness and self-control and godliness and affection and love. We remind one another. We hold one another to account. Let me challenge you, brothers and sisters. Find another sister or brother to whom you can confess your sin and who will come to you and say, how are you doing with that temptation? I've been praying for you. Remind one another and make every effort to do it yourself as well. Can you picture your own funeral like Peter was? What will be written on your tombstone? Who will come to the service? What will they say? Will they miss you? Will they be glad you're gone? You know, the word talks about people who died to no one's regret. Prepare. Make every effort today to live the life Jesus has bought for you by being a good person, telling the truth, being more generous than you have been, more loving, more kind, more listening. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Paul says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. Faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. How will they hear unless someone tells it to them? If the most important thing is making disciples, then knowing Jesus and making him known is primary in our lives. One year ago today, Pastor Gary said the most important thing is to what? Remember? Or did you forget? Make disciples, he said. The main thing, the main thing that you're a disciple for is to make disciples. That's what he commanded us to do. That's what he told us to do. Ask yourself, who are my disciples? Who's following me as I follow Christ? Who am I spending time with? Who am I praying for? Who am I building into to teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded us to do? Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, affection, and love. 
is what Peter's talking about. Casting Crowns has an old song about evangelizing a friend, and I thought I'd read the words to you to challenge myself and you to remember that our main thing is to make disciples. Here's what it says. Father, hear my prayer. I need the perfect words. Words that he will hear and know they're straight from you. I don't know what to say. I only know it hurts to see my only friends slowly fade away. So maybe this time I'll speak the words of life with your fire in my eyes. But that old familiar fear is tearing at my words. What am I so afraid of? Because here I go again, talking about the rain, mulling over things that won't live past today. As I dance around the truth, time is not his friend. This might be my last chance to tell him that you love him. But here I go again, here I go again, here I go again. Lord, you love him so, you gave your only son. If he will just believe, he will never die. But how then will he know what he has never heard? Lord, he has never seen mirrored in my life. So maybe this time, I'll speak the words of life with your fire in my eyes. But that old familiar fear is tearing at my words. What? am I so afraid of? Many are called. Few are chosen. Are you listening to his calling and obeying? Will you repent of your self-willedness and remind yourself and others to add to your saving faith virtue and knowledge and self-control and steadfastness and godliness and affection and love? If it's not important to you, it's probably because you don't know how important you are to him. Let's pray. If the Holy Spirit has called you to saving faith this morning, all you do is say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You say yes. You say, come in. You say, I repent of my self-willedness, my God Godness. I want to be my own God, but I get off the throne and give you my life. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. You can do that right where you're sitting, right now. Just say, yes, Lord. But maybe you have gotten off of your throne long ago, and somehow you've gotten back on that throne, and you're using your time and effort and money for your own pursuits only. And you've stopped making every effort to add these things to your faith. Let him back on the throne and say, Lord, I will remember to obey. Father, we love you. We're here because we love you. We worship because we love you. We love your word. We love your people. We love your mission in the world. Now help us keep your commandments because of that love, which we have because of your love, which you loved us first. Bless this word in our hearts for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.